you know, my advice to artists, if you're a, if you are a truth teller and you think that the kind of music you're making is never going to be heard if you sign with a with a major record label, then don't sign with one and put your music out on your own. I mean, what the hell is going on in our country, Sean, that we're worried about our bank accounts getting frozen if we say the wrong thing? What does that sound like? It sounds like the USSA. That's what that sounds like. Other people need to step forward. Anybody watching this interview and you're a person of influence that can set something into motion to be an option for patriotic, regular Americans, uh, please do that. I will be a customer. Set it up and make it roll. We, we cannot just sit around and cry about it. We gotta, we gotta take action. All right, folks, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is Friday. We have a great conversation and whether you're gonna listen to this Friday night or anytime throughout the weekend, it's, it's a great conversation. I've gotten to know John Rich the country music star over the years. And he is a great, great individual and patriot. He has been extremely successful. He's fought back against cancel culture. He has spoken out in a very conservative, patriotic way. He talks the talk, he lives the live, you know, all that kind of whatever, blah, blah, blah. He does it. And then he gives back. He's just an all around great person. And um, anyway, I, I want to get to that. Before I do, I, I got a piece of mail, email from a, a listener. I want to share it with you because again, as I've told you before, I, I love your comments on YouTube and Rumble. I People text me, I've told you before, 571-441-4991 or, uh, or email me, contact at seanspicer.com. You can join the VIP room as well, seanspicershow.com slash VIP. And we have weekly uh, Q&As. So, but I got an email to contact at seanspicer.com and I want to share it with you because you remember the Kirk Cameron interview the day before Thanksgiving and Kirk was telling this really interesting story about this individual, this family that went through this unspeakable uh, tragedy and then the family adopted the the perpetrator and, and made something great. And this is what this gentleman writes. He said, I finished watching your interview with Kirk Cameron. And honestly, I can relate to your difficulty understanding why a mother and father who lost their son to the most extreme acts of violence would choose to love and adopt the murder of your son. You remember, I was a little taken back by this. Mind boggling. Yes. Impossible. No. When God is involved, I've seen over and over again throughout my life, the power of God in impossible situations, some as impossible as Kirk's story. The latest example is my own life. Earlier this year, I had major back surgery to correct an injury I received while at work. During the lab work, I had some unusual numbers pop up. I was diagnosed with cancer, he writes. And I'm abridging this a little because I want to get to it. But shortly after the doctor provided me the diagnosis, my wife and I prayed. At the moment we prayed, I felt a peace and calm, that deep peace and calm that no one else can understand unless you are a person of faith. I knew, I actually knew I was healed and there was no more fear. Bury yourself in his word, he asks and prays to me. Create a prayer closet in your home and commit to your schedule a regular time in his word. Let his word permeate your heart and slowly you'll develop the heart of a father and a mother in Kirk's story. Keep the faith, my brother. So well written, and again, I appreciate the feedback, and the, it's it's amazing. I thank you for sharing your thoughts with me. I, I look forward to it always. Um, so, just know that it, I read it, and it means a lot to me. With that, I want to kick off a great conversation with John Rich. All right, folks. You know, it seems like every time you see a doctor these days, the answer that they have is is a pill that they're on the big pharma bandwagon to just 
fix any ailment with another prescription, which is why I think millions and millions of people have turned to a Texas doctor who is looking for clean ways of getting us back to better health. Um, in fact, we've all heard probably about collagen and all of the medical and health benefits of collagen. Um, and we know that it's been scientifically proven to increase bone and muscle strength, soothe joint pain, minimize wrinkles and cellulite. So, I mean, people see that, but the thing is, like all products, not all collagen is created equal. And a recent study found that, check this out, 64% of collagen protein powders have tested positive for arsenic and lead. That's why everyone interested in using collagen should see these warnings and find a clean and safe effective product, which is why this doctor in Texas created Native Path. Now, he has created a collagen that is actually clean. It actually does what it's supposed to do. And he's not just done one, but they've got two. They've got another one for the evening that helps you sleep, plus a variety of other health-related clean products. This one is magnesium. We've all heard the benefits of magnesium. The key is to be buying your products in a native way, in a way that is clean and healthy, that actually delivers the results that you think you were. And Native Path now has thousands of five-star reviews, over 4 million jars of these products sold. Look, Native Path has thousands of five-star reviews and over 4 million jars sold of a whole host of health-related products. Every order comes with their 365-day money-back guarantee. There's no risk to try it right now. You can go to get nativepath.com slash spicer and you get 45% off while supplies last. Get nativepath.com slash spicer. John Rich, always good to see you. How are you? I couldn't be better, Sean. How are you doing? <laughs> I got to do as well as you. I don't know. I, when you say you couldn't be doing better, that's a great way to, to answer a question. Um, so much to get to with you, a lot to, to talk about, but I, I want to start with a tweet that you put out. This thing about the kid at the Chiefs game was mind-blowing, right? So just to give everyone some context here, we'll put it up on the screen. This young kid goes to a Chiefs game, Kansas City Chiefs. He puts a headdress on and gets made up, uh, red on one side of his face, black on the other. He's got the jersey. He's doing the tomahawk chop. And this reporter from Deadspin takes a picture of this, the black side of his face, and says that the NFL should apologize and get involved because he's putting on blackface, the reporter himself being black, of course. Uh, that, of course, wasn't true. The kid was wearing Kansas City Chiefs colors. Uh, people are now completely outraged, but to make the matters worse, the mother comes out and says he he's Native American. In fact, the grandfather is part of a, like on the, the, the Eld Council of Elders or you know the hierarchy of the particular tribe. You weighed in on this a little with a, a tweet of your own. Let me just read it for everybody because I thought it was interesting. It says, why are there Washington Redskins now the Washington Commanders, but the Kansas City Chiefs are still the Chiefs? Why are the Cleveland Indians now the Guardians, but the Atlanta Braves are still the Braves? So dumb. Is it is it, to your point, is the the dumbness that it's just hodgepodge or the dumbness, the overall aspect of it all? <laughs> Well, I mean, do you know about the story back in August of this year where there was like 100,000 plus signatures of Native Americans that wanted the Washington Redskins to call it the Redskins again? Did you see that story? Yeah, I, mean, I, I live in this this media market. So I've, I've been following this story yeah. for years, the back and forth. And then finally, Daniel Snyder obviously caved. But I see more times than not, it's the Native Americans that say, we're, we're good with it. Right. So the, the who's not good with it are these are these woke 
leftist nut jobs who are just looking for a reason to be upset about yet something else, be offended about something else. On top of that, I've got a couple of young sons. Man, if you took a picture of my kid and posted it on the internet and then attacked my kid, God help you because I won't. Because I can tell you what would happen to you. You would be neck deep in lawsuits and worse uh, if you ever did that to my kid. It just shows you the lack of, of respect they have for anyone, especially children. I mean, they, they attack our children at school. They indoctrinate them on the Internet and at school and on television and every other place. And I guess now they think they're fair game uh, to post them all over the Internet and attack their character and impugn them. Uh, a, a kid who's just being a kid at a football game. I hope his parents sue that guy and that organization into the Stone Ages. I mean, I would throw a party uh, the day that that news hits, and they absolutely deserve it. I, yeah, I agree. I think it was pretty shameful to go after a young kid who was having a good time. And I, I, mean, I mean, like like I said, until the mother revealed it, no one knew that he was actually of Native American descent. I, I'm not sure if that's a good, I mean, it's a good thing, but I, in terms of whether it makes the argument stronger or weaker, the kid was being a kid, was celebrating the Chiefs, their mascot, wasn't dis, wasn't being negative or derogatory in any way. And yet this is the, to your point, the immediate knee-jerk reaction is, we're going to go after this kid. And I think that the thing that was so reminiscent to me of that Nicholas Sandman Covington Catholic incident where the kid is standing there and and he's getting berated and the left-wing media, the Savannah Guthrie's, the NBC News Today Show types went after him. And until the full context came out, then they all walked it back. But this guy intentionally put the side of the face that made it look like this kid was, quote, doing blackface. They, they wanted to create a controversy. I mean, what about uh, when is he going to do a story on Sarah Silverman doing blackface? When is he going to do a story about Jimmy Kimmel doing blackface? I mean, let's go down the list. Uh, yeah. How many how many of these liberal um, people in, in entertainment have done blackface and nobody, nobody's hanging them up on the wall? I mean, they're going after a little kid. Okay, fine. Go after him. I hope it costs him about $10 million. That would just be great. Oh, I think that would be the the low end. I think the thing that, again, it's one thing to go after him, but they lied about it, right? If you had just gone 10 seconds, he was wearing red and black. He was attempting to represent the Chiefs, (laughs) the team. The crowd was going along with it. It was really exciting. And, And obviously, with his Native American heritage, this is a kid who had, you know, was more than a right to do that. And yet this reporter wanted to create a controversy, wanted to get people fired up, wanted to create this divisiveness that mm-hmm. is so pervasive now. They want the fight. They want to create it. They just don't want to go after people who are doing bad things. Oh. They want to create villains. They, they don't want to fight. They don't. Uh, a fight is when the other guy gets to swing back. That's a fight, okay? <laughs> Uh, what this guy did is not a fight. I'd like, I'd like to see this panty waist, lily livered punk wimp walk up to that boy's mom and dad live at a, at a football game and tell them that he's horrified that their son is wearing blackface when he's not even wearing blackface. I'd like to see him do that, but they won't do that because they know if they did, that boy's daddy'd grab him around the collar and throw him down the bleachers. I mean, that's what would happen. You approach my kid and say anything to my kid other than, hey, uh, Nice headdress. Way to go, Chiefs. You say anything other than that to my boy at a, at a ball game, you're going to have a problem. And they, they're, not, they're never going to do that because they are a bunch of pencil neck wimps. And so that's not a fight. That's just an attack. That's a, that's a lion weight sabotage move on a child 
And so, uh, yeah, they, they should be taken all the way down to the ankles over this one in the court. So, so let's go back to your tweet, though, because I find if was I was clear actually, enough, Sean, was that clear no, enough? No, I think did you, you I, got it, John. Across? I think the, the, the only issue that I've ever had with you is that you're so ambiguous. You never know where you stand on yeah. issues. Yeah. Uh, and and a, a little <laughs> more clarity would be ne- needed. So maybe a shot of Redneck Riviera whiskey would be helpful in this situation to get us going. But uh, look, when you said the Redskins are now the commanders and the Chiefs are still the Chiefs and the Browns are the guardians, but the Braves, I, I want to dig into that for one more second before we let it go. Because I find it fascinating. To your point, the, the Redskins caved and now they're the commanders and the Indians are now the guardians. But I was reading some of the answers on the replies to, to the tweet that you put out and, and everyone's kind of equivocating, but I think it is a great question. Why do the Braves still get to be the Braves? And frankly, just so I'm clear, and I think we're on the same page, I'm glad they're the Braves. I think the Guardian sounds like a bunch of, they sound like prison like inmates or something, like they're the Guardians. What, <laughs> what are they what? guarding? What are they guarding? Okay. I mean, listen, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So sorry, it, it was on Thanksgiving every single year since I was a kid. The Dallas Cowboys play the Washington Redskins and they played them again this year. And my, one of my sons, he, he loves Dallas Cowboys with me. He goes, Cowboys are playing the commanders. I go, no, the Cowboys are playing the Redskins. He goes, well, they're called the commanders now. I said, I don't care what they call them. It's the Washington Redskins and we're going to beat them. That's how it goes. It's that, that's, that's, that's this American tradition. I'm not calling them that. And then when you find out that the Native American population doesn't want to call them that either, I mean, who, what is this? A bunch of woke white leftists is who it is. It's white leftists that are out here acting like they're, they're enraged about all this. When meanwhile, everybody on their side of the fence, we have a list this long of people doing actual blackface and actual skits in blackface and walking out in the open in black. I mean, Justin Trudeau, you got pictures of him doing blackface and nobody, nobody's hanging him up on the wall either. So the whole thing's nonsense. And I refuse to play this stupid game. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's four patriots.com includes that patriot power generator you'll get a uh that guarantee for a year free shipping if it's over 97 bucks and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans right that's great so go to fourpatriots.com use code spicer fourpatriots.com you do not want to be without power in case something happens well, obviously, the goal was cancel culture. And it reminds me, it's reminiscent of, of the whole Bud Light, Dylan Mulvaney thing. And it's interesting to me because I don't know what he is now, a fellow Nashvillian that moved down from, from you. Uh, Kid Rock is down there now. Obviously, I think a lot of people are coming down into to Nashville because uh, Tennessee's a lot safer of a place to be and a lot less woke than the rest of the country. But this, I, 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 it's interesting what's going on here because as you recall, everybody was outraged about Bud Light because they were basically trashing their brand. 
to try to uh, appeal to a new group of people who probably don't really drink too much Bud Light in the first place. And now you see the the UFC folks, Dana White, signing a deal with with them. Kid Rock was at this UFC fight with Dana White, with President Trump, and says that he had an opportunity to talk to the CEO and says, I didn't really have a problem. I don't really care. Trans can be trans, gay can be gay, lesbian, whatever. What I cared about was the signal that you guys were sending and this idea of, of you know, women in boys sports and et cetera, et cetera. It's interesting to me because I watched Kid Rock and Hannity talk about this. And the point was, our side supposedly doesn't support cancel culture. We don't want to cancel anyone. We just want you to be better. I, 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 and I, I am constantly conflicted with, do we play the same game as them? Or, or what do we want out of this? Because they want to cancel us. And then what do we want to do when they go screw up? Do we want to cancel Bud Light? Or do we want to teach them a lesson? Well, I, th- I think you're, I think you're conflating two things a little bit, Sean. Okay. So cancel culture to me is when a powerful entity, someone way above my head, a very small group, or even a single individual decides unilaterally that they're going to shut me up and turn me off. Okay. So let's say a record label fires me from a deal or something like that. That's, that's being canceled where the general public never had their say in it whatsoever, because I can then go out and the general public still supports what I do. That's, that's being canceled. Uh, you know, when uh, Gina Carano gets fired from Disney because of a statement she made, that's cancellation. When the general public moves in mass by tens of millions and maybe even 100 million plus people all decide to stop spending money on a product or at a certain uh, chain of retailers or whatever, they do it in mass. Uh, that's that's the other side of cancellation. That's the general public going, I'm just not going to spend my money there anymore. It's capitalism. Yeah, it's cap- exactly right. That is capitalism. We no longer support your brand. We're not going to spend our money there. You don't speak our language, so we're done with you. And they, they finish. Cancellation, cancel culture to me is back when Twitter was whacking everybody left and right, you got three or four people sitting in a back room going, cancel, 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 cancel. That's cancel culture. And no, right. I don't believe in that. I think some, if somebody says something, I don't like it. <clears throat> I'll stop uh, listening right. to them or I'll stop buying their product. And that, that is capitalism. So there's a difference in, in the two, in my opinion. I, I think you're right. I remember it's reminiscent of that. You remember when the Dixie Chicks went after Toby Keith and they were yep. in London criticizing G- George Bush in the Iraq war. And people said, fine, you have a right to say what you want. No one's canceling you in terms of your ability to speak freely, but we have a right to then not buy your album and we're mm-hmm. not going to do it. And we're going to urge people not to play. The public had a say in it. Yeah. So that's the difference. And listen, uh, we, the people, uh, ha- have, are learning a lot of really great lessons, uh, recently. And that's why it's shocking that any publication would go out here and attack a little kid uh, and twist a story around uh, to fit their their screwed up narrative just to try to get clicks or whatever it was they were trying to do. It's going to backfire on them. I mean, it, it seems to me that in corporate America, they're probably taking note of that. I mean, there's no better example, no more expensive example than what happened to Bud Light at, I think, now around $30 billion down in their mar- market cap. I mean, if that don't get your attention, I don't know what will. People just need to back off and let, let let you drink a beer in peace, let you go to a football game, you know? I mean, just leave people the hell alone. We've got enough going on. We are sick and tired. Every time we turn around, somebody's hitting us in the face with something else. And now it's, it's Christmas time coming up, and the Satanists are putting up satanic Christmas trees, you know? I mean, 
okay, and nobody's going to say Merry Christmas. Well, I am. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. It's, it's the celebration <laughs> of the birth of Jesus Christ. And you all take the day off. If you don't believe in Christmas, then why are you not working that day? Go back to work then. Go work on Christmas. Work on Easter too, by the way. Go back to work on Easter when your boss says, it's a national holiday. Go, not for me. It's not. I don't believe any of that stuff. I'm still working. But no, they yeah. won't. Yeah. They'll still take the time off. They're a bunch of That's hypocrites. Right. So here's the thing. Why why have you been so successful at avoiding it? I mean, you're not just a successful songwriter. And let's face it. And maybe we can start with that. You have evaded that. You there's a Most people would kill to get a song played. You have gone around the system and topped the charts. Every time you put out something, it rises to the top of Apple Music. And you do it without caring about the traditional industry, if you will, right? Why is John Rich immune to this? Um, because I think there's very few of us out there, Sean, that will consistently uh, beat against the system and not bow to it, just continue. And they and the system hits back. That is an actual fight. When they can hit back, that's a fight. And they do hit back, but I don't care. And so I hit them, they hit me, we go back and forth, and I, I refuse to back up. And because of that, Millions of people around this country see what I'm doing. They hear the music I'm putting out. They know I'm not playing games. They know I'm not in anybody's pocket. I have no I have no companies affiliated with me. I have nobody that I answer to except God and my wife. And that's it. And so they know that. And I <laughs> Those think are two that they, pretty I think powerful that, forces. Well, I think that's exactly right. I think they appreciate that fact. And they know I'm running totally solo with no support from any industry. And so if they like my music, they download it and they pass it on to their friends and they download so, so it and my songs hit. So let's say that there's a, a young up and coming artist that comes in Nashville, bumps into John Rich and says, I like what you do. I like the success that you've had. John Rich, do I need to follow the normal industry path? I need to play. I need to sign with a label. I need to do this. Or do I, can I, as a young songwriter and artist, can I go the route that you went and just speak hmm. to my convictions and be successful. What can I do that, I mean, cause let's face it, you were successful. I mean, you've had tremendous success uh, as part of Big and Rich and a lot of other things. So if you're a young person starting in, in the country music world, can you be, can you follow the John Rich path? Um, no, not really. Not, not like I did it because of the things you just laid out. The industry in Nashville, people are always shocked when I say, that the, the country music industry is is as left as anything you've ever seen in Hollywood. They're like, I can't believe that. It's country music. Well, let me tell you who the main companies are that own 90% of all the labels. Sony, Universal, Warner Brothers. Those those names ring a bell. I mean, that that's who makes all your movies. That's that's they own everything. And so they also own the companies in Nashville. You know, my advice to artists, if you're a if you are a truth teller and you think that the kind of music you're making is never going to be heard if you sign with a with a major record label. Then don't sign with one and put your music out on your own. Listen, Oliver Anthony's a great example. Here's a guy that's saying a bunch of stuff in a song that a record label would have never allowed him to say those things ever. I mean, ever. And so he he goes out there and he just sings it anyway, and it's the biggest song in the past many many years. So it can happen, but if you're going to do it that way. Your music better break a bone. It, it better draw blood, man. I mean, those lyrics better cut. They better drill into people and be something so over the top great that people can't ignore it. It's <laughs> definitely the tough route to go, but it can be done. So Oliver Anthony, you brought him up. He, he has this tremendous hit. 
goes viral to the nth degree. He talks about the fact that he turned down all of these labels and, and offers that he had. Was that the right move for him? Hard to say. It's hard to say. Uh, I, I think it was the right, yeah, I think it was the right move for him uh, on most every aspect. As far as if he's going to continue to write songs like that, I haven't heard anything else out of him since that song. But if he wants to continue saying things like that, then yeah, he, he did not need to be with a big company. Uh, I never, you know, I knew him a little bit, talked to him on the phone several times early on, and I wasn't 100% sure, you know, what does album number three, four, and five look like on Oliver Anthony? I have no idea. But I had a lot of respect for him that he did turn down those deals and he recognized he was dealing basically with, with the beast that, that is the music industry. How many people in the country music industry do you think agree with what John Rich is saying philosophically and ideologically, but are scared to say it percentage-wise? <laughs> uh, percentage-wise, it, it, I would say it's, it's the majority percentage. I couldn't tell you exactly, but I will no, tell no, you. No, no, I mean ballpark. Uh, probably 70%. <laughs> probably 70% would agree with what I'm saying. Um, and that, that's a guess. It's somewhere in that I range, know. though. I, I, I think you're about right. But I mean, is it that they're just afraid? It's funny. I mean, on the one hand, if I'm an artist, I look and say, you know what? John Rich stuck to his convictions and he's been successful. I feel good about my music. I can be successful like John Rich, but I feel like so many of them cower. And, and it's a question of why, why are you, is it, and, and that's what I wonder, is it because they're controlled by Sony and Universal and Warner Brothers? Well, it's because if they, if they, yes, they're controlled by those companies. Now, they could decide to buck those companies and say, I'm doing it anyway. And not only those companies would, would cancel them. Now, that is actual cancellation. Those companies would cancel them. Guess who else would, would be told to cancel them? Country radio would be told to cancel them. So country radio, you're looking at iHeart, Cumulus, Intercom. I mean, there's only like three companies and they own 90% of all the radio stations. So it's been conglomerized to such a degree on the record side and the radio side and, and those, those two sides see it the same way. If you decide to buck the system, the system is done with you. You said earlier so can, about can my songs. Get, well, you, yeah, you mentioned ask, earlier that my songs go. To, well, you said my songs go number one. They do on the download charts. Guess how much country radio airplay I've gotten on all those songs? Nothing. I've gotten zero radio play on any of those songs that have millions of views, ten, hundreds of thousands of downloads. Country radio will not touch it with a 10-foot pole. Isn't that crazy though? You think about it. I mean, from a capitalistic standpoint, that's what we were talking about just a moment ago. They are in the business of making money and they know the audience that predominantly listens to country radio, clearly based on the downloads, wants to hear John Rich, wants to hear the, the lyrics and the message that you're sending. And yet they won't play it. Well, that's because ideology is expensive. Okay. I mean, they're, their ideology, there is no price tag for them to uphold their ideology. I mean, why did they spend $500 million on drop boxes with, with uh, Zuckerberg all over the United States? Why did they do that? Was that a good return on his investment? What did he get for that? Well, impacted an election. Yeah, he did that. So they don't care uh, about, about it making them another nickel or another dime. Their ideology is all that they really care about. You know, freedom of artistic expression, the only way you're actually going to have that anymore is to be running solo. You've got to run independent if you're going to do it. The good news is with people like yourself that'll have guys like me on, 
uh, platforms like Rumble, True Social, places like that. There's millions of people that you can you can connect with in a very strong way, and you can build a really significant career and never get anywhere near the machine. All right, folks, you've heard me talk about my friend Leo Grillo. He is the founder of Delta Rescue, and how it all came to be is an interesting story. He was out one day, he found a Doberman that had been abandoned. I mean, and this Doberman was underweight, clearly in need of health. Leto rescued the Doberman, named him Delta. And guess what Delta stands for? Dedication and everlasting love to animals. It's an acronym. And that's what Leo then turned his mission into, is a lifelong, the largest no-kill sanctuary in the world. And that's what Delta Rescue is all about. And it relies solely on contributions from people like me and you, animal lovers that want to do their part. But beyond the regular donation you can give, which they appreciate, if you are an animal lover, you can make them part of your estate uh, so that you can grow your estate while helping animals in the future. And that's what's so important is it becomes an enduring mission for Leo and for you uh, that you get to be part of this li living legacy for these animals. Go to deltarescue.org to learn more, to see not just how you can help in the here and now, but in the future, check out their estate planning kit at deltarescue.org. You know, it's funny, you, you bring that up. I, one of the reasons I went independent is so that I can speak what I want. I can have guests that I want to have, and I can have John Rich. I can talk about issues that matter and don't have to worry about a corporate entity or advertisers telling me I don't. You don't want to advertise on the show? Don't. But you know what you're getting, and I'm honored that we have so many supporters and, and sponsors. But I agree with you. And I think the funny thing is you look at where the world is moving in terms of, you know, you, you, you put music out, people buy it, they download it uh, on iTunes, et cetera. And now we do the same thing with independent media and we're going, great, guess what? We can go put something out there. I'm on the first on DirecTV, I'm on Rumble, I'm on YouTube, on Apple. I can put it out there and grow an audience and I don't need a corporate entity uh, you know, and a bunch of lawyers telling me who I can have on and what topics I have to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Remember when Prince came out and he had the word slave written across his cheek when he came out and performed at the Grammys? And it said slave, and, and he was going, the artist formerly known as Prince. So that was the first time the world got a real peek into what is that all about? Well, that means that Warner Brothers owned his likeness. They owned the name Prince. They owned all of it. And so he came out and said, yeah, I'm no longer Prince. I can't be that guy anymore. I'm the artist formerly known as Prince. I mean, they own you lock, stock, and barrel. So yeah, you're right, Sean. It happens in TV too. And guess what? It happens in conservative TV. There are oh, conservative yeah. channels, big conservative networks that they got, they got good points. A lot of it's really good, but then they've got people sitting in back rooms too saying, uh, 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 you're not allowed to talk about that. And so it, it exists throughout entertainment and, and television. <laughs> I, I'm just going to keep moving because I think I know who we're talking about on this point. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it to that. But the thing is, it's not just music. You've been very successful on, on the, uh, on the business side. I mean, you've got, the whiskey, the jerky, the boots, the bar. What am I missing? <laughs> well, first of all, if you're going to run your own business, make it whiskey, jerky, boots, and bars. I mean, come on. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty good business to run, man. No, I know. I mean, You've got all the essentials. I can walk to the bar. <laughs> I can have some jerky and then I get drunk on the whiskey. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's Redneck Riviera. This thing has grown and grown and grown. Uh, my bar downtown in Nashville, third and Broadway, right in the middle of downtown. 
listen, people come there from all over the U.S. to, to bring their patches in, yeah. active duty, veterans, police, fire. We've got literally thousands and thousands of patches, no joke. On the walls, it's like wallpaper inside my bar. They come down there because they know that that's a place that respects and appreciates what they do. My whiskey's in over 10,000 stores, Sean, all over the U.S., still, still own it. Like I haven't sold it to a big company, nothing like that. I make decisions like, hey, are we going to still use American glass? They asked me that because American glass is getting expensive. I said, yes, we're still using American glass and American corks. No, we're not changing our prices. We're, we're going to deliver something that's 100% made in the USA. So that, that has been something people also have really responded to. You give them a great product. You stay true to your roots. God, family, country. And what do you know? People support it. Before I forget, because I want to keep on the subject, but I do want to shout out uh, the great work that you do both at the bar and with your other products. You, you give back to veterans a lot, don't you? Yeah. So with Redneck Riviera, 10% of our profits from the whiskey, from the bar, from the boots, from everything you mentioned, goes back to the Folds of Honor, which uh, they put kids through college who lost a parent in combat or who have a parent that's 100% disabled. Since 2018, uh, Redneck Riviera as a brand has now generated $1.6 million and counting back to Folge of Honor. We're about to write more checks uh, in December. So our end of the year checks are about to go out. So that number will go up again. I got to thank everybody out there. If you've ever bought a bottle of Redneck Riviera whiskey or you bought a t-shirt or a pair of boots or visited my bar, you're, you're the reason we get to write checks like that. And we sure do appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what you do. And, and if you visit John's bar and you've served, you, they, he buys the first 10 drinks, I think it is. Um, well, if you're a veteran or active duty, first drinks on the house. And so I, if you've got a second, man, one of the coolest things I've ever seen happen. I was down at, at the Redneck Riviera one night and there was this bachelor party going on. So all these college age guys are just going crazy, man. I mean, they're having the time of their life. And these two old Vietnam veterans walk through my front door. They've got their Vietnam veteran ball caps on. They walked in, you know, these guys are old, late seventies, you know, 80. And the, the bachelor party guys saw the old men walk in and two of the guys got up, got out of their chairs and said, here you go, guys, take our seats at the main bar on a Saturday night. I mean, they gave up their chairs and nobody does that. And so I thought, you know what? That's the spirit of this bar. That's the spirit of America. Those are boys yeah. that were raised right, uh, that know you're supposed right. to get up and give your chair to the veteran. Yeah, but you know what? I've been to the bar a couple of times. It's the spirit of your bar. It's the ethos that you have there. And, and I think it's when you walk into the Redneck and Riviera, it's right there on Broadway. It's such a great location too. But when you walk in, you get it. And if you're going into John Rich's bar down there, you better understand what you're walking into. And I think that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great what you do. And I, yeah. I, I, I'm glad they did it. It's a great story, but it's also a tribute to what you've built. I mean, People walking in there know what they're getting and, and know why they're doing it. And it's, it's a tribute to what you have done and what you've done with your success to give back. So I appreciate that. And, uh, and it's just, it, it really is. I, I took my son in there. Uh, he didn't drink just for clear for, 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 for his ass. but I wanted to show him it because I think it's, it's showing what's right and what's wrong and, and how you can be successful and do the right thing at the same time. So, uh, I love being down there when I'm in, in Nashville. Um, it's interesting though, because this brings up this whole idea that I constantly talk to people about was, which is, do you believe that we need an alternative economy, right? So boots, jerky, whiskey, bars, uh, et cetera, songs, platforms. We talked about that. I mean, rumble and you, I mean, we've got places true social that we can go, or do we compete with the traditional institutions and try to make them less woke? Both. 
you do both yeah. of those things uh, at the same time. So, you know, there are bigger levels uh, that, that have to be addressed. Um, for instance, when we watched the trucker strike, the trucker protest, not strike, yeah. but protest in Canada uh, a couple years ago, and we all watched that. And the only way Justin Trudeau was able to end that protest was by freezing the bank accounts of all the truckers that refused to leave. And they froze the bank accounts of the trucking companies that, that those drivers drove for. And if you were a tow truck driver that refused to tow a truck, they'd freeze your bank account too. So they just started freezing everybody's bank accounts until they finally all went home. Okay, Nigel Farage just had the same kind of experience where they just literally overnight turned off all of his bank accounts because they didn't like what he had to say. Um, there was a, a, a gun company that uh, one of their guns had been purchased and used used to kill somebody. And uh, uh, the bank that they were banking at, this is a big company too. The bank they were banking with turned off all their uh, all their interactions overnight to thousands and thousands of gun stores and forced them to have to take, it took them a quarter to get everything back on track. So weaponizing people's bank accounts is, I believe, absolutely in the future of America. There are people right now sitting in places of power that fantasize about being able to shut off Sean Spicer's bank account or John Rich's bank account or whoever, Donald Trump's bank account, anybody they don't, they don't like. So myself, Ben Carson, Larry Elder, a bunch of other guys too, uh, we all got together a couple of years ago and said, we've got to come up with a new banking platform that will not penalize people. And that's the mission statement, will not penalize people for exercising their constitutional rights. I mean, the fact that you have to even say that is disgusting and pathetic and enrages me that that's even a marketing angle at this point. But unfortunately, that's where we are in this country. So, so we built so Old you guys Glory did, Bank. You, you, he's going to say you, you developed Old Glory Bank, right? Yes. I mean, okay. And so walk me through what the goal is. And is this a, a brick and mortar or where, how do we, if I wanted to open up a, an account at Old Glory and, and how do you guys handle all the various facets? I mean, you think about it, you got business accounts, there's lending, there's home loans. I mean, yep. where, where do you guys focus or is it completely all those things? Well, that's a great question. So uh, there, it's a brick and mortar bank in Oklahoma that we bought and we plan on having more brick and mortar uh, stores around the United States. But until that happens, you know, most of our banking is done online. When you get your, you don't really get a paycheck anymore. You know, that's a direct deposit into your, into your checking account. So you can do all the regular banking that you normally do. Uh, you can even, you can even deposit a paper check. You take a picture of it, you upload it into the app. It reads it, boom, it goes into your bank account. It, it we debit cards, the whole thing. And so you go to oldglorybank.com and you can open an account. And as of this last July, we started doing small business loans. So there's all kinds of businesses, especially Patriot-owned businesses that have been coming to Old Glory Bank, thinking to themselves, at some point, somebody's not going to like what I have to say or what protest I might go to or what my business stands for. They could just turn me off. So they're moving their business over to Old Glory Bank because they know that will never happen. Most Americans have the, the wrong notion about how banks and the government work. So a lot of people have asked me, well, John, what, what's to keep Old Glory Bank from shutting my bank account down? If Joe Biden says they have to shut it down, they have to shut it down. I said, no, that's not how it works. Uh, the government does not own the bank. Now, unfortunately, our banking system is also woke and left, as we all know now. And so when the government leans on them, they do what the government says. But the other option is they could call us up and say, hey, free Sean Spicer's bank account at Old Glory Bank. We don't like what he had to say. You know what our answer would be? 
take two of these and call me in the morning. I'll see you in court, big boy. And then we will see them in court and they will they will lose and they will not be able to freeze your bank account unless you're breaking the law and doing criminal activity with your bank account. Your bank account is just fine. And so that is the credo. You will never be penalized for exercising your constitutional rights. And so we've had tens of thousands of accounts opening up every month. It's just a wave of people coming to oldglorybank.com and opening accounts. And you guys are also doing loans, right? Conventional VA. Yeah. Yeah. We're stepping into all of the, as the bank grows and more and more people come in, we're able to do more and more things. So, you know, we're growing slowly and methodically, making sure everything's solid as we, as we move on up. But at the pace it's going now, by this time next year, um, there, there's going to be a lot of really big things, I believe, happening with Old Glory. I think it's a See, necessity, why- Sean. Well, I just think it's a necessity. Listen, we can sit around and bitch and moan and cry and scream about how our country's going and how we're being treated and targeted and all this stuff. But that's not ever going to fix anything. You know, everybody wants to run for the hills, but what hill are you going to run to that the bad guys don't already own? They own all the hills. So we have to build new hills for people and ourselves to be able to run to when things get really bad. And that was the point of building this bank. And and I think the point that you touched on is critical here. It's not once they come for you, you're in trouble. So in other words, if they called and froze your bank account, you can't then go, great, I'll go to Old Glory Bank now. That's why I think your point is so important to understand. Getting ahead of the the curve is critical. If you put it in Old Glory, now your savings and whatever, and it's all federally protected and all that, yeah. that you, you know that you don't have to wait for that day because of a transaction that went through. And I know I know a lot of people are saying, hey, pay cash for your guns now because they're tracking you, right? So the last thing you need to do is have somebody wondering where your money's going. And I think that's the key thing that you're touching on as far as I'm concerned is we don't need to wait until you go, great, I need cash on Friday. And I just found out that, you know, X bank, because I don't want to get canceled for calling out a bank, <laughs> but we've all seen Exactly. Exactly. You're proving the point live. I don't want to say I don't want I don't want my bank account to get frozen. I mean, what the hell is going on in our country, Sean, that we're worried about our bank accounts getting frozen if we say the wrong thing? What does that sound like? Sounds like the USSA. That's what that sounds like. And it is horrible. I hope it gets turned around. But in the meantime, thank you for putting a spotlight on this, because it's not something I talk about all the time. But it is it is serious as a heart attack, man. I mean, and other things need to be set up. You talk about parallel economies. Absolutely. Other people need to step forward. Anybody watching this interview and you're a person of influence that can set something into motion to be an option for patriotic, regular Americans, uh, please do that. I will be a customer. Set it up and make it roll. We we cannot just sit around and cry about it. We got to take action. Listen, the one last thing I'll say before we we wrap, because I know your time to say is what that last point you made People have to understand that it's one thing to stand up. I've said this about you know my show and independent media. I thank people all the time. People subscribing is is what keeps this going and and watching and what you're saying about we've got to support it. I will go to oldglorybank.com and sign up for an account if for no other reason that I want to support what John Rich and Larry Elder and all the other people that you mentioned are doing because if if I can support that, I will buy Red Rick Riviera just for the sake of wanting to support the the great causes that you support at Fold of Honor, but also because it takes a lot to get out there and do it. And to, to put the blood, sweat, and tears on to build a product, to build a bank, and that if we don't support each other, then you are by default supporting the, the woke companies because they win when we don't. If we take our dollars and vote with them, 
That is what's going to allow us to build something that gives us an alternative. The w- they win when we don't have an alternative. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, sir. You nailed it. And so America, listen, we invented the, co- the automobile, rock and roll, the light bulb. I mean, let's, let's keep going. Americans, we can come up with stuff all day long. And so we need to continue to do that. And I promise you there's people watching this interview right now that are going, you know what? I've always thought we should probably have that. Well, you know what? Shark Tank ain't going to do it for you. So why don't you just go out there and make it happen, Captain? And that's the way, that's the way we fight back in a very effective way. All right. Well, you heard it here. Go to uh, oldglorybank.com. John Rich will guarantee the loan personally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I oh, hey, always appreciate your time. And uh, it just, it's, it's, it, watching your success has been awesome because I think to, your, to this point, it, it, you can go out there, you can talk about it. You've done it. You've walked the walk. You fought the fight. And then you've given back. And that's, I think, something that we should acknowledge, recognize, and honor because we've got a lot of successful people. We've got a lot of people who are entrepreneurial. You've done it all, but then you've also made sure to never forget where you're from and honor those who have sacrificed. And I, and I just, I hold you up because I think that you deserve it and you've done all the right things when it comes to, to hard work, success, and then uh, recognizing those who, who have really served this country, who have sacrificed. And, and I appreciate that, John Rich. It's very kind of you to say so. Uh, we stand on the shoulders of giants and we are the next set of shoulders that they're going to stand on in the future. So we got to stand up, be counted and uh, make it count while we got the time to do it. All right. Uh, thank you all for watching this. I hope you've enjoyed this amazing conversation, especially as we head into the weekend. Thank my guest, John Rich. Have a great weekend. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. Go to Rumble. Go to YouTube. Subscribe. Notify. As John Rich was saying, we got to support each other. we got to grow this audience and help uh, our sponsors who are so kind to us. I hope you have a great weekend. Feel free to reach out over text. Join that VIP group, seanspicershow.com slash VIP. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.